It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Black Friday. We're going Black Friday shopping with the Utah Jazz. Who's out there? What's on the racks? Is there a discount rack for anyone? What can we find for deals? Or is it we got to go get the best gift out there? We're going Black Friday shopping for your Utah Jazz on Locked on Jazz. Pow. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's edition of Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky stats, and information you cannot get anywhere else. We've got a pack Friday for you. We'll do that at the backside of the show today. We're going to go down the shopping list and then investigate if there's anyone out there uh, that we might want to go shopping for. Uh, why don't you let me know what you think of it when we're done with it? Um, so I'm going to take your questions as well. I've thrown that out on the Internet. Um, and hope you're enjoying Black Friday. You hopefully have the day off. You're getting out and about and hopefully give you something to talk about. Today's show is brought to you. Uh, by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Blake had his basketball team out the other day at the at the game. Blake Murdoch, and it was fun to, to meet all his kids, and Stevens Henniger College as well. All right, let's get to it. Let's go shopping, and let's start off. So right now is the, let's say this is Black Friday. There There are some items out there that are projected to become available you know like the the equivalent of whatever the new samsung phone is they're not out yet and we're not sure we can really get them so what are those those are this year's free agent market um and we have to decide who we'd want interesting names on the free agent market uh would be zach levine who'll be restricted coming off his acl he should play here fairly soon from what i understand uh, Wilson Chandler would be a nice piece, but he's not what we're really changing. He's not game changing for us. Um, this, we probably have to define what we're looking for uh, as a, you know, free agent or as a uh, shopping item. Uh, I I think what the Jazz need uh, are two two things. If they can't, one an increased athleticism. Two, probably a stretch four uh, moving forward. And three, a, in, in this was in no particular order, a high-volume scorer or at least possession user. The, there just aren't enough possessions. The burden on Donovan Mitchell and Rodney Hood and, and then having Ricky Rubio shoot ex- excessive amount of shots and the amount of with even with Gobert and then Ingles and Jarebko in the lineup right now, and, and Rubio should be low usage. There just aren't enough high-usage players. So uh, I, I, I would probably put it as, number one, we really need someone who can gobble up possessions. And then, two, an elite athlete. We're on the wrong side of athleticism too many times. And three, ideally a stretch four. So when you go hunt 
for what's going to be in the market in the future, you end up with three names that are somewhat interesting, depending on your point of view, in Aaron Gordon, Jabari Parker, and Julius Randle. All three of them, though, are restricted, um, which is a weird thing to be on Black Friday that a company's not really willing to sell their t- sell their product, but that's actually, you know, so they're restricted. The, the analogy falls apart a little bit. Obviously, Paul George, something like that would be incredible. Seems pretty unlikely we can go play that game in free agency. Uh, there's some, there's an, otherwise there's Ennis Cantor, who I, I think we're probably going to step aside from getting, though he's become a pretty good player. So let's go look just across the league for a second, and let's go run through who high usage players are. Usage meaning using possessions, and not just leading the league in possessions use, but I've sorted the league by scoring opportunities per 40 minutes. So, and we got to find guys who've played. You know, Jack Cooley has played one minute. He's taken one shot, so he leads the league. Uh, here's the group, and I'll, I'm just going to name names, and then I'll stop when we get to a player that might be interesting. Uh, Chris Stapps, Przingis, unavailable. D'Angelo Russell, uh, it's probably clear why they're playing better when he's off the floor because he's a negative possession user and he's pretty high. And um, But probably a name to throw back there if you think you, you like him. Harden, Embiid, Adedokumbo, DeMarcus Cousins, DeMar DeRozan, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irvin, Jordan Clarkson. All right, there's the first name. It's probably worth taking a look at. Clarkson is using a possessions at uh, at that high rate, one of the top ten highest in the league. His pack rating is a positive point four, uh, and he's showing it an ability to carry a huge amount of offense. He's actually only using thirteen scoring opportunities a night, but he's not playing very much. He's playing, you know, his minutes per game is. 22, so when you take that out to 40 minutes, he's using the same rate as Devin Booker and Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard. Uh, He's much more efficient than he's ever been. Uh, Shooting, and and his shot profile, to me, looks like he could get better. He's only shooting 22% of his shots from three and 9% of his shots as threes. So it actually feels like he could get a little better. He's turning it over 12% of the time, which shows that he's pushing. Okay, so that's a name. Figure out how that works on our roster. I'm not sure. Devin Booker, most Bates, not interested. Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo. Um, it's interesting. He's really having an incredible year, averaging 23 points, five rebounds, four assists. He's a positive .7 pack. Um, it's a great, great grab by Indiana. He's been better than Paul George has been, frankly, this year, I think. I'll have to look at that. Uh, his shot profile is beautiful. 22% of his shots are threes, 10% to the free throw line. Uh, there's a lot going on with Victor Oladipo that's really, really good. I cannot imagine that Indiana would move him. Uh, and his free agents, and I think he's been signed to that extension. So uh, it's an interesting name there, but I don't think it's one that you're going to get them to move. Uh, they just made a huge move for him, and he's been great. So we probably can move on. Steph Curry, Blake Griffin, Marcus Aldridge. I'm gonna, by the way, my, my model here is anyone who's using 
about 20 scoring opportunities per 40 minutes. It's a really it's a high usage player. This is who we've got to, we've we need. Dennis Schroeder, Bradley Beal, TJ Warren just signed, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Rodney Hood. We'll talk more about Rodney. He's doing a nice job. Kevin Durant, Eric Gordon in Houston, uh, John Wall, Kemba Walker, Dennis Smith, Donovan Mitchell. Both of them are doing it very inefficiently. Brooke Lopez, Yusuf Nurkic. We don't need this. We have a center. Anthony Davis, Lou Williams. It's just great. 32% of his shots from three, 9% from the free throw line. He's just 10% from the, He's just great. Bobby Portis is jacking it up, not particularly efficiently. Eric Bledsoe, one of the worst offense players in the league right now. He and Westbrook. Mike Conley. None, I, I don't see any of these guys becoming available. Tyreek Evans. Interesting, right? I mean, that's not. we're not going to build a team around him, but he's definitely can eat possessions and probably can play a little three. doesn't stretch it very well. Um, though he's taking 25% of his shots as threes this year, so he's evolved. Marcus Gasol, Paul George, uh, Victor Oladipo is slightly better this year. Kevin Love, it's a name everyone likes. Shot profile's great. Uh, probably worth keeping an eye on Kevin Love. Like, that's, he's positive 1.3 pack. Cleveland's playing well. I don't know if Cleveland really wants to move him or what you have there, but that's probably a name that's, that's worth, uh, Continuing to, to use. We're, we're beginning to get down toward the end here. Uh, there aren't a lot of... These are these are players whose possession usage is... They're using about 20 scoring opportunities. We're right at the end. Zach Randolph, Clay Thompson, Deion Waiters, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is interesting. Not particularly efficient. He's maxed out on a contract. He's at negative .3 efficiency. I think Dallas wants him, but you never know. You might bark down that tree. Could play the three or the four. You'd probably have to give up huge future assets. Uh, but do you believe a, and money-wise, but do you believe a Donovan Mitchell, Rodney Hood, Harrison Barnes, maybe it's going to cost you Rodney Hood, um, Rudy Gobert group is going to get it done, a Donovan Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, Rudy Gobert group, is that appealing um, is that of interest? Barnes averaging 20 points a game, seven rebounds, can play the four, plays predominantly the four. It's interesting. I don't know that Dallas would ever make him available on your Black Friday shopping. Um, but it's in that one, if Dallas suddenly doesn't like where their rebuild is and they're re- redoing it and they decide, you know, Dennis Smith, Harrison Barnes are not their future pieces, that Dennis Smith is and they want other ones that match him better. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. just signed. Ben Simmons, certainly not available. Uh, Nikola uh, Vukovic is uh, interesting in the sense that he was really good earlier this year. We're just kind of crossing over here the the 20. We're, we're at 19.8. Goran Dragic. Uh, Boston's Marcus Morris. Jamal Murray. These guys really are not primary usage guys. There's one name left. To me, it's the most interesting name that's out there. And it's one I really want to dig into and decide what we think on this. And we'll do it in a second. The name is Andrew Wiggins. 
And I am convinced that the Jazz can make the Timberwolves better and that the Timberwolves... Well, I don't... And, and actually, I'm much more convinced the Jazz can make the Timberwolves better. I don't know whether or not Andrew Wiggins makes the Jazz better. We'll talk about it in our next little piece. Let me let you know what's going on on Black Friday at Murdoch Hyundai. Well, there's two things going on at Murdoch Hyundai. One is I'm on a personal mission. I, I just have been driving the Ionic, which is the hybrid car by uh, Hyundai. And it was an interesting experience because it's the first time I've ever driven a car and never saw another one on the road. And it was great. Its gas mileage is better than the Prius. It had more pickup than the Prius we have. So I, I'm not sure. It's totally an apples-to-apples apples, uh, comparison. But I'm, I, I'm told Blake, I'm on a personal mission to make sure that somebody buys Ionics and I see another one on the road. And then when you buy it, because you want a hybrid and you want the 50 miles to the gallon and you want the smooth ride and you want and it costs less than the Prius and you just you realize you've got this inc- you, you you win like it's a it's a win. Um, he says he has 11 of them in stock. I'm like I'm going to get them sold and then every time I see one sold, I'm going to walk around and be like, "Hey, I know, you know, like wave at people." So I'm going to be randomly waving at Ionic um, hybrid owners. So feel f- but if you are, like, about to go buy a Prius, it seems like everyone's just like, oh, well, there's no, like, there's, you know, there, there's no choice to be made. No, no, no. Like, it's, there's a huge choice to be made. They're absolutely a completely, um, their gas mileage is remarkable. Their ride is smooth. The power coming up the canyon was far better than anything I've experienced in, we actually have a Prius. So I'm going to. And, and it's the only car I've ever driven which nobody had on the road. So I'm on a personal mission to make sure that those sell. So if you're going to think about a hybrid, which is a unique per- buy, I got it. Um, though the 50, 50 miles of gas mileage is is not unique. It's just awesome. Uh, go check it out. Check out the hybrid over at uh, that Hyundai has that you didn't even know they had. You saw little commercials for a while and then didn't even know. Otherwise, they've got their 2018 Santa Fe's in, which are just great. Uh, the Santa Fe Sport. Uh, they drove, I think I've, you've heard me talk about the Santa Fe. We're going to actually get one. Uh, they also have the 2018 Sonatas are in. Uh, so all the 2018s are in. Some 2017 Santa Fe's are in. So the 2017 Santa Fe uh, that they have up on their brand new website that they just did, Murdoch Hyundai. Dot com, uh is about $6,000 less than the 2018. So what a great deal. Head over there, Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. Say hi to Blake. His undefeated basketball team was at the building the other night. They, they were in a suite and having a great time um, and enjoyed uh, and enjoyed it uh, very, very much just to meet those kids and, and had a nice time with them uh, briefly after the game. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me... I hate cooking, multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here. If it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at freshly.com slash locked on NBA. That's freshly.com slash locked on NBA. All right. Uh, let's get to Andrew Wiggins. I, I'm really intrigued by this. Really, really, really intrigued by this. So I'm watching Minnesota, and they're not they're not right. It it's not really. Imagine a credit card with the power. Whoa, that didn't work. It's not really right in Minnesota. the The amount of shots everyone's taking are way down, and. Everyone is sacrificing to me too much, and they are 11 and 7, but they're 11 and 7 having hit two buzzer beaters. They're really 9 and 9, I think, at least the way I look at them. Their point differential is a negative. Their defense is still terrible, 26 in the league. And Wiggins might be the problem there. But if you look at their guys, Andrew Wiggins is taking 15 shots a game. Last year, he took 19. Jimmy Butler is taking 13.7 shots a game. Last year he took 16 and a half. Carl Anthony Towns, who is the future, is taking 14 shots a game. Last year he took 18. I mean, these are enormous drops. It's not like three and four shots. you got to look at it percentage-wise. It's like 25% of the shots. Jeff Teague, who is notorious for being engaged slash disengaged in games, is the only one taking the same amount of shots as he took a year ago. He's at 11.6. The, they're, 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 frankly, Minnesota's defense is terrible. Jimmy Butler's defense is not terrible. Jeff Teague has never been thought of as a completely terrible defense. Carl Anthony Towns has been, but you're not moving Carl Anthony Towns. Minnesota, in my opinion, was reluctant to give the max contract to Andrew Wiggins in the first place, but had to. Frankly, I think they're a better team if you piece them around Teague, Butler, Towns and have complementary pieces surrounding them and some freedom than Andrew Wiggins. The biggest problem they have, frankly, is that Andrew Wiggins uses the most scoring opportunities of anyone on that roster and is the least efficient of all of them. Andrew Wiggins is using... 17.9 17.9 scoring opportunities a game. Next is Carl Anthony Towns at 16.1. Next is Jimmy Butler at 15.8. Then Jeff Teague. But Wiggins is the least efficient of all of them. The worst thing you can have on your roster 
is a high-usage, negative pack player when you already have positive pack players that are high-usage? Butler's not high-usage right now, but he will be. He is. His shot composition is right, is off. He's not shooting any threes. It would get better uh, if they straightened out their team. And so they're they're really, really good, but they're – they're, they don't mesh, and they're not defending. At some point, they need a scapegoat to why they don't defend. That's Andrew Wiggins. They need a scapegoat for why they're not as good. That's Andrew Wiggins. And there's numbers to back up, frankly, all of these things that Andrew Wiggins is the one that doesn't mesh. He's and, – and yet, he might be the perfect answer in Utah because he can use possessions. He is a dynamic, elite-level athlete who's an incredible scorer, who is not efficient at all, which is kind of the problem. Last year, his pack rating was a minus .8. There's a huge risk here. I'm not sure this is a good deal by Utah. I just think it's really interesting. I think it's one you got to dig into. Uh, The year before, he was an even pack player. So it looked like he was trending in the right direction. He's not a great three-point shooter. Doesn't stretch the floor great. He can get possessions off. So the first part of this is what I was just trying to address is why would Minnesota do it? I actually think this anything Minnesota does that gets them out from under the contract that they've just signed him to and lets them build their team the other way um, moves them probably in the right direction. Trying to trade him is incredibly difficult because his there's all sorts of rules He's a $7.5 million player this year. He makes 25 next year, 27 the year after that, 29 after that, 31, 33. You're also giving up on a 22-year-old elite, elite athlete. Though I will tell you, the foul he committed against Joe Ingles, against the Jazz, down four on an inbound play with like six seconds left is the least engaged NBA play I have ever seen in all of my years in the league. Like, terrifyingly disengaged to what's going on with the game. Okay? Uh, I also think you got to be nervous because he's played so many minutes. All right, from a Jazz standpoint, so there, there's, here's the things. Let's, 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 let me continue on kind of why would Minnesota possibly do this. Um, he shoots 32.6% from three, does Wiggins. That's why he's inefficient. He rebound, gets four rebounds a game and two assists. What's hard for Minnesota fans that they talk about all the time is these stretches of disengagement. So you'll have these games where he plays 39 minutes and has one rebound, no assists in Phoenix. He'll play... You know, if you look at his assist total this year, in all but four games, he's had two or fewer assists. Like, it's not a ball movement guy. In last year, he only had six games all year where he had more than four assists in a game. That that That's a pretty telling number. He had 28 where he had one or fewer he had 48 in which he had two or fewer. His rebounds, he had 56 games last year where he had four or fewer rebounds. Okay, so 
what you have is a 22-year-old, former number one pick, 6'8", 200 pounds, elite, elite athlete, can get a shot up anytime he wants it or needs to, who has not shown a propensity to defend, is not a good ball mover, does not do any of the little things, and is inefficient offensively. It's not a great script. Thus, if Minnesota were to free themselves of that contract for complementary pieces that were efficient, they would be a much better basketball team. I don't have any doubt on that at all, particularly if the players they came defended and could help out Carl Anthony Towns. So let, that there's the, there's the thought. Why would the Jazz do it? It's an enormous gamble, bold, and at some point you have to do something to get people. There's no scenario here where the Jazz get a player that would be of this level of athleticism. There's no scenario where the Jazz could get a player that has that ability to just go get a shot off. And you would have to hope at some point in time that either you can get him. Now, if he's not an engaged, knowledgeable, smart basketball player, then he's just not. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, the um, and And you'd have to believe you can get him to engage on a team concept, which he hasn't done yet. Now, worth I bring him his name up because I think it's a fascinating debate. Um, I think it's an interesting way on how you evaluate players and how um, I feel very comfortable that Minnesota needs to move Wiggins to get better. And here's this guy who's averaging 20, you know, can average 20 points a game, has done all these things, and it's the former number one pick and all. But I feel very... And then the second part of it is it's a really interesting idea to me that you have a player who has all these flaws and actually might be the perfect answer or a, a answer that a team like Utah would be willing to go do because it's it relieves the burden, hopefully makes everybody else better, and then you hope at 22 you can get him to evolve. Now, I want to point out that because he signed his extension in the offseason, his current salary is averaged – with the salaries he's to receive with his extension, so the average becomes the incoming. So he's he's a difficult piece to go get. And it's not an easy um, concept, and they would want a ton, right? Like, um, you know, they, they would want an awful lot um, to get done. So I, I don't know how you would – I haven't played around to try to figure out, you know, what the right number is and how you have to do it and – and all these kind of things. Um, the the other one is that Minnesota, I believe, is over the luxury tax. Uh, which would be another reason that they need to do this deal. Is so that they could get out from under the luxury tax. And they are not a huge money team. Um, so and it make, But it makes it more difficult to get, um, you know, a deal done of that nature. So I don't, I don't know exactly... How it would work? I just think it's a fascinating, um, it's a fascinating deal. Uh, you might have to, you know, you might have to wait till December fourteenth when some other contracts become available and some pieces like that. Uh, but it's it's worth. I thought it was worth the discussion. I, I'd be curious 
And it's not as it's not as easy. I think there's a there's a level where your your first reaction to this is, um, oh, that's a no brainer. Eh, I'm not convinced at all that it isn't. It, it's the type of deal that everybody would immediately say the Jazz won, and then I think the next question would be a huge discussion of whether or not it actually is true. Um, if that makes any sense, like I, Wiggins is an interesting case. He might. He might not be a player that ever helps a team get better. I find I find it, it very interesting. So feel free to send me your thoughts on it, and and what you what you think on on that idea. But if I'm going shopping, that's the one I'm looking around at, and it's a complicated deal, and I don't know when it could take place. But Harrison Barnes is the other one. I haven't we didn't dig into that one as much, but it's that's the other one. As you hit the holidays, it's time you kind of always evaluate your life, what you're thankful for, what things you want to improve. Maybe the job situation is one where you would like to improve a little bit. That's when Stevens Henniger College comes in. Their position, their goal, their mission is to help students get a better job sooner. Uh, They work extremely hard to keep you in school. They line up the services to help you out. They try to build a system for you where you can have success and improve your life. What is, is it computer science? Is it HR? Is it business? Is it programming that's going to change your life? They all have programs that are set up for you. They have a career placement staff to open up opportunities for you. And one of the things they really pride themselves on is when you walk in the door at Stevens Henniger, they believe you're part of the family. In fact, once you're di- finished at Stevens Henniger, if the career you're in starts to evolve, you can always come back and audit classes for free. So it's kind of an endless education that you're getting from Stevens Henniger. Don't know if you have the money. Okay, fine. Legit financial aid planner from the beginning. No other extra costs built in. Not sure if you really are still there for school. You weren't originally. It's not your deal. Go try them out for three weeks. No cost dating period for three weeks. You can check them out. They check you out. See if it's going to work for you. Uh, not sure if you have the time. Same thing. Just just work through it. Four-week classes at a time. They start every four weeks, so you don't have to wait for a quarter period or things like that. They're fast-paced, about 10 hours of classes per week, and it's built for your success. Maybe Stevens Henniger is the answer for you to open up new career opportunities. Why don't you text keyword to 88588, keyword 88588, to find out more, or go to uneducation.com. That's you in edu- Y-O-U, in education.com. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network, right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's do a little pack Friday. 
Uh, before we get too deep into Pack Friday, one little note on the Jazz, and we'll talk more about this coming up. The shot composition of the Jazz uh, since the injury to Gobert is interesting. They're taking almost 40% of their shots as threes, which would be the third highest of anyone in the league, uh, which is great. It's prob- part of the reason why the offense has been uh, so darn good. And and gotten through, and they have two. You know, the numbers are a little funky because you got two blowout wins right now. But they are uh, they are they are interesting to see what's going on. All right, let's go to Pack Friday. The best players in the NBA offensively through the season. Number one is LeBron James, still by a lot. Pretty incredible that LeBron James is still at this level. 4.8. The numbers are coming down. For those that are new to pack, it's points above average created. In the last few years, we've had two or three guys usually above three. Steph Curry in his unbelievable year was above at 5.8, and Durant was at 4.1 that year. We've had two guys kind of each year uh, above, two or three guys above three, and then we have about ten guys above two. That's the standard. Right now, we have a few more because it's early season, but it's straightening out. Uh, we have one guy above three, three or above is the equation, and that's LeBron at 4.8, Anthony Davis at 3.9, Steph Curry at 3.7, Durant at 3.6, Harden at 3.5. So the five best offensive players in the game right now are LeBron, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Not a, not a big surprise there. LeBron at eight assists a game and, LeBron, and, and 9.8 for Harden. Giannis is at 2.8, Carl Anthony Towns 2.6. Interesting name in here. Indiana's Bojan Bonjanovic is at 2.5. He's having a great year. Wouldn't have thought of that. Clint Capella at 2.4. Steven Adams at 2.4. Robert Covington, 2.4. Rudy Gobert, 2.4. Ennis Cantor, 2.3. It's got value. Aaron Gordon, 2.3. Chris Paul. Kyle Korver. Otto Porter. Dwayne Dedman in Atlanta having a great year. Good for him. So those are the players that are above two. The next group, Gary Harris, Evan Fournier. Fournier's interesting. Is Orlando going to keep hold on to him? DeAndre Jordan, Jason Tatum at 1.8. Just incredible. Going to line 14% of his possessions. Might argue he should win Rookie of the Year over Ben Simmons. In fact, I would argue that. Uh, Nene has not... Uh, Next, Whiteside, Sabonis, Darius Miller playing really well for New Orleans. There's a name you probably didn't know. Bialitza playing really well for Minnesota. Al Horford at 1.7. Tony Snell in Milwaukee playing well at 1.6. Tyreek Evans, 1.5. He's held Memphis alive. And then our next group, Kemba Walker, Larry Nance, Shabazz Napier. Portland's giving him a lot of time. Willie Reed, Kelly Olenek, Nikolai Jokic, Clay Thompson, Chandler Parsons, huge change there for them. And that kind of gets you through it. Let's go to the worst offense players. Welcome to all the rookies. Here they come. Lonzo Ball, minus 4.3. That is that is as bad. I wonder when the last time we had a... I'll have to go look. The last time we had an offensive season this bad. Marcus Smart, minus 3.7. Dennis Smith, minus 3.2. Eric Bledsoe, minus 2.7. So for all the excitement of getting Bledsoe in Milwaukee, that has not worked yet. Donovan Mitchell, minus 2.6, fifth biggest negative impact. Justin Holiday 2.5. Russell Westbrook, minus 2.4. Therein lies the issue in Oklahoma City. Darrell Arthur, Ursan Ilyasova. Arthur hasn't hardly played here. 
Kay Felder hasn't played much, but he's pretty negative. Yusuf Nurkic in Portland is a minus 2.1. De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. Is it Paul Zipser, Tyler Eulis, Dion Waiters, Lance Stevenson, Josh Jackson in Phoenix, Austin Rivers, Alfred Payton, Orlando not playing as well now that Payton's back. That's not that's it's not a surprise. This is where the numbers just prove it. Chris Dunn minus one point nine, Terry Rozier minus one point eight. Gallinari was bad before he got hurt. Ben McLemore struggling in Memphis is out of the rotation. So those are the positive and negative pack players. Let's look at last ten games. Hottest players in the league, James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Dwayne Dedman, Darius Miller, Boyan Bagnatovich, Robert Covington, Tyreek Evans, DeAndre Jordan, Trevor Reese is on fire, Kyle Lowry has warmed back up. DeLon Wright's injury is big though. Carl Anthony Towns, Kyle Korver, Ennis Cantor, Gary Harris, and rookie John Collins. Keep an eye on Atlanta on John Collins. He's averaging 13 points, 8 rebounds, and shooting 64% in his last 10 games. Worst offensive players in the last 10? Lonzo Ball, Marcus Smart, Russell Westbrook, minus 3.9. Boy. Dennis Smith, Eric Bledsoe. Patrick Beverly, but he got hurt. Donovan Mitchell, Wesley Matthews, Ian Clark, Blake Griffin. It's been brutal in the last 10 games. 38% from the field, 30% from three. Dion Waiters, Austin Rivers, Evan Turner, Ricky Rubio. Paul Zipser, Tyler Eulis, Terry Rozier. All right, let's go to the Jazz Pack to wrap this up for you. See if I have any pack questions on Black Friday. Somebody tweeted me. It's it's Pack Friday, but it's he, he never mind. I didn't. It was a visual joke, not a that was bad. Rudy Gobert positive two point four. Joe Ingles awesomely positive one point one. Tabo Cephalosha point eight. Jarebko point seven. Favors point six. That's great. Net, you can survive this way. If everybody can get above average, we can survive offensively. It's our it's our bottom half that's the problem here. Neto point four. Rodney Hood's at negative point one, which is a big jump for him. That is terrific. Uh, that is much more efficient than he was at any time last year, and I think two years ago as well. Um, so Rodney Hood making huge strides is the primary scorer right now, and awesome to see. Uh, negative point seven last year, and the year prior, Rodney was even. So he's kind of going back to that year where he was healthy. That's fine. If, if he's going to be carrying 20, you know, 16 possessions a night, and he can be even, that's that's fine. That's a heavy burden. Uh, Royce O'Neal's negative 0.8. Ricky Rubio's negative 1. Alec Burks is negative 1.1. Donovan Mitchell's negative 2.6. And we love Donovan. He's not helping the offense right now. You know, he's incredibly inefficient, not going to the line hardly at all. His lack of going to free throw line is a little disconcerting, by the way. Uh, worth keeping an eye on it. 5.5% 5. 5. of his possessions. That that's That's the number that's got to improve. Rodney goes to the line more than he does. And we talk about Rodney all the time. And he's a rookie. So he's, you know, he's got to evolve. Um, but that's actually, you know, if, if Rubio can get that number. A year ago, Rubio was was a negative, but not a, a big negative. Rubio last year was a negative .3. If he could get back to that, 
A B is you got to figure out what you're doing with A B. Get some you got to get something out of that position that's even. Uh, suddenly you got an offense that might be all right. And Donovan's got to be less than minus two point six. Donovan's negative point two point six is hard, but there there's something going on here that's got some value. And what's going on is that the Jazz are shooting a ton of threes and, and they're hitting them at forty percent right now. So that that's truly what's going on. All right, that wraps us up. A little shopping and a little pack on a Friday. Hope you're having a nice holiday weekend. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for tuning in. It is Locked On Jazz, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.